there are stories about what happened. It's true. new episode of the star wars canon podcast episode 29 i'm so excited to be sitting down and talking star wars with you guys again our favorite thing in the world and thank you guys so much for joining me tonight i've got a hell of a show lined up for this evening i've got a couple of very good friends uh on the show with me this week uh first off uh, you guys know him from the war of the stars podcast uh it is mark tolly how you doing tonight mark I am doing stars. good and that i am getting ready to talk about star wars i have spoken I have spoken. We have got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I mean, you're on the perfect podcast to be talking Star Wars, buddy. I'll tell you that. Uh, I've also got with me a good friend of mine. He is the admin of the Facebook page, Cinnamon. uh, Cinnamon. Wow, look at this. I'm already already messing up. Cinema Masters. Gosh, my good friend Danny Sanderson. How are you doing tonight, brother? Hello there. Jittero Kenobi. Hey, uh, so we've got a serious episode lined up for you guys tonight, uh, and, it, and honestly, the main topic of this one is simply going to be The Mandalorian. So we, we're going to be talking about episodes one and two, and for those of you that don't know, it's kind of hard to talk about Mandalorian and not talk about spoilers, because it's really, it, I mean, all you, if you want to do a non-spoiler review, you just simply say, it's a really good episode, it had this tone, this feel, you know, and this to it. But that's no fun. Let's talk spoilers with with The Mandalorian. So uh, we're going to be going full-blown spoilers. So I'm going to let everybody know uh, ahead of time. I'll let you guys know when to skip ahead to where the spoilers are over. I'll put that in the description of this video of this podcast so you guys can skip straight past anything you guys haven't seen yet. Because there is some serious spoiler stuff in The Mandalorian. More than I was even expecting. So... Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, The Mandalorian. And then we've got three mailbag questions tonight that we're going to kind of give our thoughts on. Uh, probably won't be too long of an episode, but it'll be real fun to sit around and talk some Star Wars for a while. But before we get into Star Wars, uh, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. The Star Wars Canon Podcast app, uh, mobile application, is coming. Uh, it's going to be here hopefully by the end of the year. I'm working on it real hard right now. If you guys want to see what it looks like, you can head over to the Patreon page for the Star Wars Canon Podcast. And you can find it there. Uh, there's a link to a to an app previewer, I guess you could say, where you guys can kind of mess around with it, test the functionality of it, whatnot. So definitely head over there and check that out. And the other thing I want to talk about real quick before we get into Star Wars, take just one more second of your time. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I was in the United uh, in the United States Army. So there's some there's this there's a uh, a cause that I've tried to get behind, and it's veteran suicide. It's something that means a lot to me. Uh, something that hits kind of close, uh, kind of close to home. Uh, a few months ago, I had a friend of mine that I served with commit suicide. He hung himself. So it's it's one of those things that really hits close to home, and uh, I'm I'm trying to kind of raise awareness for it. If you guys want, there's a website called the Till Valhalla Project. You can go check out. There's a veteran that puts together different bracelets. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, bracelets, dog tags, T-shirts, stuff like that, in honor of veterans and trying to raise awareness for veteran suicide. Uh, and he sells all of those on the website. All the proceeds go towards 
making memorials for veterans. So it's something that I, I would really appreciate it if you guys could check out. Uh, you don't have to, but it'd really mean a lot to me if you guys did. So uh, all the doom and gloom out of the way. You guys ready to talk some Star Wars? I'm ready when you are, man. All right, let's talk some Star Wars. So uh, as I said, The Mandalorian is the main uh, topic this week. Disney Plus launched this past week. And, you know, a little bit of a rocky start. But uh, overall, before we get into The Mandalorian, what do you guys think of Disney Plus? Well, actually, Mark, you, have, you don't have it yet, do you? No, I don't. Danny does, though. I do. You do? What do you think about uh, Disney Plus so far, Danny? I like it. I like the content they've added. I've liked that they've put some shows on there that I haven't seen. Or See, I never grew up, you know, I used to have DirecTV, but we got rid of it when I got, like, into the fourth grade. So I missed out on a lot of the, some of the shows, movies, stuff. So, you know, I can catch up on, like, I'm checking out Gravity Falls, and I am laughing so hard at that show. <laughs> And Gra the Gravity Falls is one of those cartoons that's more like it's <laughs> it's more for adults than it is the kids. And then seeing all the I've been because basically what I do when I get home from work I've been watching Mandalorian if it's a new episode but I'll watch some Gravity Falls I'll bounce back and watch some Clone Wars I'll watch some other weird things surprisingly <laughs> I know it's not topic but that live action Lady and the Tramp it's pretty good but yeah I like it and. I gotta sit. I think Disney realized what they got because there's stuff for everyone. I got my dad right now downstairs watching the Apple watching Dumpling something. Gang. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> well, see, like, it, you're right. It was a really, it was a big success. I mean, it was so big of a success that it was kind of a victim of its own success mm -hmm. because of so many people. Mark, I don't know if you know about this or not, about the rocky start that it had. Yeah, I heard about, yeah, I heard a lot of some people complaining and saying that there are glitches and, I mean, for me, that was almost to be expected. I mean, anytime mm -hmm. you have something like this, this big, start up, you're going to have issues. You know, nothing, nothing starts out just seamlessly perfect. So, right. And I mean, the fact that there was a few glitches as there were is really a testament to Disney mm -hmm. and how how big they are and how huge and how one day you know an eye for one welcome our mouse overlord. So yeah. You're 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 one of the uh, I don't want to say one of the few. Uh, you're you're one of actually yeah I'll go ahead and say it. you're one of the few that proudly says that because not a lot of people proudly proclaim yes Disney Star Wars you know it's but but anyway like uh, back to Disney Plus Disney Plus like I was so excited for this because uh, for those of you that don't know my firstborn son was just born on Halloween so having. A, a son now knowing he's going to grow up Disney plus is the perfect thing to have when mm -hmm. he starts getting older. That's perfect. He can watch everything I grew up with, you know, and, and it's a streaming service for families more so than just one person. But this Rocky start for those of you that don't know, I don't know who out there doesn't know at this point, this thing had a Rocky start. I woke up the morning it was supposed to release. It was supposed to release, I think 5am where I, where I am. And I got up at six and went ahead and downloaded the app and subscribed for the first month and instantly got on to try to see what was on there. And it wouldn't even come up. The home screen wouldn't even come up. It was a picture <laughs> of Mickey and Goofy in space. Like that was all it was. And I was like, what in the hell? So I got to work and I tried pulling it up on my phone. Still wasn't working. I'm like, what in the hell? It took until I got home to realize that it was finally working. And I think Disney put out a tweet talking about how they weren't expecting so many people to rush uh -oh. it. 
And I think I think they ended up saying that they had 10 million downloads in the first 24 hours. Oh, wow. 10 million downloads in the first 24 hours. And it's just it's insane how many people rush to get on this thing. And one of the biggest things that everybody rushed to the streaming service for is a little indie show they made called The Mandalorian. And this this show, dude. Oh my God, Mark! You, I sent you the two episodes, right? We'll yes. start with you. Okay. I sent I sent you the first two episodes. What did you think of this show so far? I thought. And, and remember, we can talk full spoilers. Okay. We can talk full spoilers because I'm like I said earlier, I'm going to put it uh, in the description where you can skip to to get past the Mandalorian stuff. So well, look for that if you guys don't want spoilers. Mark, go. So first, I'll just give a broad overview of what I thought. I thought it was so. I thought it was amazing. The tone really reminding me of original trilogy um it really and honestly the, the closest movie that i see in the new in the new one that it reminded me as far as the look and the camera and the the colors and everything like that was rogue one mm-hmm. it had a very real world feel to me um and i've said this before on, on just the little trailers we've got on war of the stars that it reminded me a lot of a sp- of the old spaghetti westerns. Yeah, old Clint Eastwood, uh, man without a name, um, feeling for you know feeling that feeling just an old western gunslinger. Um, I love the fact and this first spoiler. I love the fact that the Mandalorian doesn't take off his helmet. Mm-hmm. That to me was just just built up this mythos of. Of of the, of the Mandalorian and that Mandalorian culture and everything like that, the fact that he didn't take off his helmet and I know, it was just a it was fun. Yeah, you know, the whole thing was just had me glued to the TV the, or the computer screen in this case the whole time watching it, and it was just fun. It was just a fun, which is I think that as much as I love the new trilogy. I think that is one thing that, for my in my mind, has been missing in the new trilogies is that fun aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the New Hope was just a fun movie. They all were just fun, exciting movies, and this was a fun TV show that I could really get into. So um, that was my initial take on it. You know, we can get into more details here in a bit, but mm-hmm. initially that was just what I thought. No, I I completely agree with you because. Uh... You were talking. You talked about tone a lot. Uh, the first thing, me and Kirsty sat down to watch it uh, for the watch the first episode. I told her this is what the sequel trilogy. As much as I like the sequel trilogy so far, this is what the sequel trilogy should have been. This is what it should have looked like. This is what it should have felt like. Um, and, and and you're you were talking about everything was real. The the practical effects. The the quaking monkey lizards roasting on a spit. Yeah. Just <laughs> I laughed my ass off. Around because, for the holidays. Because, yeah, it was it was yeah. great. Oh yeah, <laughs> no you. Were. Yeah, the the mission the mission yeah. of life day. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. Uh, Brian, that's what I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> which which a lot of people think that that's the first time it's been mentioned in the new canon. It was actually brought into canon in the from a certain point of view uh, novel. It was actually first mentioned there, but to actually hear it mentioned is i mean i was like oh it was kind of one of those tongue-in-cheek eye-rolling moments you're like oh because it has such a bad connotation to it with the holiday special you know uh, when i hear life day all i think of is a wookie wearing a headset watching a sex hologram you know what i mean like that, that that's all i can see but yeah no danny what did you think of it man well 
first, I gotta say about the whole Disney Plus thing, you know somewhere Bob Iger's thinking, going, yes, Netflix and the rebellion will fall. <laughs> Merchandising. <laughs> I, see, here's the thing, I, my thing with Star Wars, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I've kind of fallen out of it. Force Awake, you know, when Disney bought it, I was kind of, really? And then, you know, they canceled Clone Wars, and I'm like, stupid mouse. But Rebels came along, I'm like, eh. Force Awakens came along, I'm like, okay, they can do stuff with this. Rogue One came out, this is amazing. Last Jedi came out, I'm like, this is great. I saw it the second time, I'm going, wait a minute. (laughs) Solo came out, I'm like, Solo's okay, but like I said, I gotta agree, I think Last Jedi left a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. To me, it just felt like a story, it was like telling story of three little pigs one guy will tell this part the next guy tells the second part but the guy with the second part kind of straight away mm-hmm. and now they gotta try and finish the story of three little pigs even though the second part they teamed up with the three bears <laughs> that that's how it felt to me and as i sat watch mandalorian i kind of had a good feeling about it before i watched because there were a st- two people involved that I really respect and they make really great movies and that was John Favreau and the guy I think that should have been in charge of day one since Disney bought Dave Filoni and so I love the first episode I'm like this is this is Star Wars this mm-hmm. I to me it felt like it had the right steps of something new but still had the same steps that the old did and I'm like this this is I'm like this is what I want. Why couldn't they do this day one? Well, see, some of the filming techniques they use making this show too. We found <coughs> out at D twenty three at Celebration that ship you see the the Razor Crest is a real model. That's not. I mean, sometimes it's CG, but a lot of the times when you see the passes by mm-hmm. the camera, that's a model that they built. Mm-hmm. That's and they actually had a camera on a boom that was doing the passes by the same way they did the classic trilogy. They used a lot of the same techniques as the classic trilogy making this show. And you, and it shows. It, it absolutely shows. Uh, I absolutely loved the first episode. I it, I was hooked. To, I mean, the, the before the, the title card even came up for the first episode, when he's fighting the two thugs and he grapples the one back into that iris door and it squeezes down on him and cuts him in half. Oh. I, I, oh. Okay, he had a bad day, and you know, and he walks over to the the guy he's there to to pick up his bounty, and the guy is just like, oh, "You have my undying gratitude." And he's pulling his credits back, and he looks at him, and he's like, "Or you can have my credits." And he pushes it for. It's got the right Star Wars humor in it too. Yeah, and I was hooked before that title card even came up, and and you know, with this first bounty, even on the ship, even on the Razor Crest. When he says, you know, hey, I'm going to go find the back tube, and he walks down right. the, the ladder, and he's looking through the ship. That's exactly what a bounty would do. And that Mandalorian knew what the hell he was doing. He knew what he was down there doing the whole time. Yeah. And and that brings me to the biggest thing. Okay, so the the biggest detail that stands out to me in this with him are these carbonite blocks. When you yes. see somebody frozen in carbonite, you instantly go back to Empire Strikes Back. When Han, when Han Solo was frozen, and it just it it takes you back to that. Oh my God, this is this is in the same universe. This is in the same mm-hmm. vein. This, this is awesome, you know. And and seeing these, I mean, and the guy has a carbon freezing chamber on his ship. Are you serious? That's high end stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, if you get correct, 
canon-wise, Anakin, Ahsoka, and the clones were the first to do the Carbonite stuff. That's true. They were the first ones to actually do it. <laughs> That's You're not how wrong. Yeah. Solo would survive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never See, actually I, thought of it that way, but you're right. The, that is yeah. how Vader knew. Yeah. See, I know things. <laughs> I do puzzles. Uh, but but uh, no, man, this show is just absolutely great. So obviously let's talk about the really big spoiler at the very end of the episode. This is the nah. biggest thing everybody's losing their minds about. I'm losing my mind about it. I've got a theory. I think the theory is out there, though. I don't think I'm the first one to have it. And after the second episode, I'm convinced, balls to bone, my theory is correct. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Mark, Mark, what happened at the end of the first episode, man? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> and, and it's interesting, you know, when he first got the job in the, in the episode, right, and they say your target is 50 years old, you're thinking 50-year-old man, right? Which, that's, yeah. I mean, you're just that's all you're thinking. And when he comes up on the pod... And he opens it, and you see the back of the of the head, and you see the ears. I like. I felt like I'm getting goosebumps again just thinking about it. Like I was like, no, no, they're not going to do this. And then when it showed the face, I'm like, are you kidding me? But if you go back and look, that doctor that wants the asset back has the same cloning patch on his shoulder as the clones did in Attack of the Clones. Mm. It's got that like double eye. And he's got the same patch on his on his shoulder. So I'm wondering I'm I'm almost I'm almost convinced he's a cloner and that this actually is a clone of Yoda. Mm. How that plays into the overarching story, I don't know. But, <laughs> and we'll, and, and, yeah, and we'll we'll get to episode two here in a second, but episode two cemented it in for me. Yeah. Uh what, what Danny, what did you think of Baby Yoda? Okay, I'm not gonna sound like kiss half anything but when they before they showed Yoda and he said, I thought they said it was fifty some years. I instantly knew because what's the oldest thing in the freaking Star Wars? It's Yoda. I'm like, it's one of yeah. his species. Yeah. Uh I didn't mind Yoda because you know I'm a fan of puppets stuff like that. I like that. But then instantly I thought, great, now I'm gonna see this little thing all over my phone on social media. <laughs> oh my, they, they just unknowingly made Porg 2.0. Essentially, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard uh, more more gremlin references. Yeah, I thought Gizmo too. <laughs> yeah, he thought like a hairless Gizmo. Hairless Gizmo. Uh, he's cool. I don't mind it, but I see a thing that reason why I don't care for Episode Two as much as Episode One. Hmm. Fair enough. See, my thing is with it. I kind of want the show. See, what I like about... And this is my problem I have with the Disney. Everything seems to be, to me, you know, for movies and stuff like that, with the exception of Rogue One and Solo, is Jedi in the center of the ring. Mm. Something to do with the Force. Someone's discovering power. Someone... And that's why I think Clone Wars kind of work. You know, you get three episodes of a Jedi-themed, a villain-themed, a bounty hunter-themed, a... Background character themed. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting a little tired of a Jedi in the forefront or somebody's discovering superpower. It's getting a little old to me as a casual mm-hmm. viewer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of hope that I hope this whole season isn't going to revolve around Baby Yoda. Well, even if it does, it's not like he's going to be wielding a lightsaber and jumping all over the place. Yeah, we hope he's not. Still, it, oh, God, <laughs> don't do it. Because, yeah, you're right. We hope not. Because I don't, yeah. don't want to see Baby Yoda. But 
Well, well and let me let me just because yeah, I I don't either because honestly, if I was to rank my least favorite lightsaber battles, the battle between Yoda and Dooku in Episode Two is my least favorite because to me that was just. All it was is the people at ILM going, look what we can do! Look what yeah. we can do! Yeah. yeah it's my least favorite. Well, yeah. see, in that battle, too, I feel like that lightsaber battle, just to get off topic here for a second, I don't think that lightsaber battle should have ever happened. No. Because by, because by the time you get to episode three and Yoda pulls his lightsaber out against the Emperor, we've seen it. It wasn't, yeah. it, it lost it. it had, you, had you not seen Yoda fight Dooku in episode two, and you'd never seen Yoda with a lightsaber, and then he walks into Chancellor Palpatine's office, or Emperor Palpatine's office, and he's like... You'd be like, <gasps> like this shit's going down. Like, I yeah. don't think there should have been ever a lightsaber fight with Yoda. These guys are powerful, and the four mm. issues have just been all out force. Force powers. Force powers. Now, I think if it was, you know, Yoda taking on someone, we'll say Grievous, someone who mm. don't have four. I think Yoda would use his lightsaber then, you know, because he'd be mm. like, I'm not gonna showboat my powers around on this. I'm gonna give mm. this being another chance. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah, I don't know, but... Um, but Sidious, that's equally matched to Yoda, I think it'd be a Powers of the Force all the way. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get into Episode 2 of The Mandalorian. So, okay. Episode 2 picks up, and we've still got Baby Yoda. He's still trying to take Baby Yoda back to collect his bounty. And some little disgusting creatures cr uh, pop up. And decide to strip the Razor Crest. Jawas. Jawas. And yes. I was laughing my ass off this entire <laughs> sequence with him chasing down the sand crawler, fighting the Jawas. I laughed so hard. I, I love how they just explode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just disintegrate. He's like, well, I disintegrated a few of them. But later on in the episode, I was laughing so hard. And you see the one in the scope shooting this way, shooting that way. He has no idea where it's coming from. Just a cloud of dust. But then when he's fighting, like when he's trying to climb the side of the, uh, the sand crawler and he gets to the top and then he, they're all like, there's like a dozen of them with those little like ray guns and they hit him and he just stands there for a second and falls off. I laughed so oh. damn hard. Oh. I so Martin. hard. You want to know what that sequence... To me, that's the best part of that episode. I will say episode two isn't my favorite for... It lost me on some things, but I will say that whole... I can't think of it. Sandcrawler sequence. Sand I thought whoever yeah. came up with that was amazing. And certain shots reminded me of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when they're mm -hmm. fighting the tank. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's just like driving a... Knock him off against the side. Oh, and every Jawa he grabbed and pulled off and you see him fall... Boom! It <laughs> kept on going. I was laughing way too hard at this. I, I love when he's actually <laughs> in the sand crawler and he's hunched down like that. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't look like. And they hit the bump, and he's like, "King!" and he bounces his head off the. Yeah. Now, bro, because speaking of that episode, that sequence later that night after watching it, maybe you've heard the story, or whatever. But I watched that Mister Sunday's movies where they do a care of it, and they did a really bad Han Solo comic. Mm -hmm. And basically, Han Solo has a whole fight sequence with a sand crawler. Boba Fett is inside the sand crawler. He just escaped, and basically, Han leaves Boba in the sand crawler, and the sand crawler crashes back into the Zarlac pit. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm like, there's no way that these two someone had to get this idea from something. None of that is canon, Danny. 
Yeah. I don't want it to be canon. <laughs> I know, I know, but none of it is. Like, I'm yeah. freer but, than... <laughs> but see, what I'm getting at is the humor, like Star Wars humor. So, uh, one of the problems I think we've had with some of the newer movies, and even with the prequels, is humor in Star Wars. I don't think mm -hmm. it's been nailed right. The classic trilogy had just the right touch of humor. You know, like when Leia calls Han the scruffy-looking nerf herder and Chewie's like, laughing, and Han turns around, laugh it up, fuzzball. Like, that's actually funny. Yeah. That's funny, and that's it's dry Star Wars humor. That kind of humor works in Star Wars. Not yeah. poop jokes. Thanks, Jar Jar. Not poop jokes. Not fart jokes. Not but the kind of, Yeah, but, but the you humor... You know what works? Dad jokes. Dad jokes, yes. Vader dad jokes. Yes, don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> Totally works. But, that, you know, that's another thing. That's not the first, you know, pun or joke Vader ever made. No. No. You Did they remember? Apologies accepted, Captain Nita. He's sarcastic as shit. And, and uh, one of my, one of my uh, new co-hosts has mentioned this again about, out about Vader. He's a drama queen. He really is. He's sassy. Okay. L listen to this. He purposely turned off his chest plate in Rogue One. The thing that helps him breathe, so so he could have a more dramatic entrance into the. He's also the same guy that in Rebels, while using the Force to fly a Tie <laughs> Fighter, while standing on top of it in a windless ca cave, made his cape dramatically flow flow in the wind. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vader's a drama queen. He, he showboats. Yeah, I mean, look, well, look at Anakin. That's that's where he gets all of it, but so I'll in try this, spinning. Yeah. Oh god. That's, Vader's ever that's done a spinning? good trick. Uh, I don't know. Vader's <laughs> pulled off some cool stuff in the books, though. Yeah. But but in the in the second episode of the Mandalorian, we see this baby Yoda, literally, not figuratively, not metaphorically, literally use the Force to hover a giant Star Wars rhino. Can I just say, I'm glad that the Mandalorian Episode 2 got to give us the ending to The Amazing Spider-Man 2. We got to see a rhino fight. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he used the Force. And, you know, and he tried yeah. using the Force also at the beginning of the episode when he was trying to heal himself with that little shocker or whatever it was. He kept reaching over trying to grab it. And I'm like, what is this kid doing? And then when he reaches out and uses the Force to actually lift that thing, that was – it sold me. Yeah. That, that's, it's a clone of Yoda. That's, it yeah. sold me on it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what the point of it is. If you do the math, they said it was 50 years old. That puts it 10 years prior to Phantom Menace. And that's about the same time Anakin was born. Mm. It's I don't know if the two are related, but it's kind of interesting to kind of put those two together. But, it, but he was created 10 years, 9, 10 years pre-Phantom Menace. What if so what, Anakin what was the, point was the of wrong him? chosen one? What if that Yoda is really the chosen one? I, I, I saw a theory going around also saying that maybe that Yoda was created as kind of the counterbalance to the darkness mm. that Anakin was going. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know why he would have been created when we still have the original Yoda that could have been the counterbalance to it. But unless there's something I, about this baby Yoda, we don't know yet. Yeah. So, but it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this. I'm actually really curious because, I mean, there's... There's so much that they could do with something like this, and there's a huge backstory there, obviously. I think what works I, with I Star know. Wars, not the inter but I mean the interrupt. Oh, no, you're I good. Did. You're good. I think what works on a lot of Star Wars stuff 
is that mystery for some characters and mm-hmm. having to wait for like you know original fans they had to wait to see what was under Vader's mask. Mm-hmm. We had the you know I'm a General Grievous fan. I had the wait years and so until they got the Clone Wars that kind of dived a little bit. Some of the novels, you yeah. know, a lot of people go, "Where's Snoke? Who's Snoke?" I'm like, "Give it time. Maybe they yeah. may." I will yeah. admit it was nice to have something on Snoke because I'm kind of wondering where did he come from. I have a theory. I I think it's just because the way I look at it that my theory on Snoke is you know there are other believers they've showed us of the Force you know Jedi there's the will there's like I think he's just a different user a different religion or something. I don't yeah. I don't think he's any, I don't think he's anybody. I I literally don't think he's anybody. I think he's. I think he's absolutely no one. And you know what? We could talk about this for a few minutes. I mean, did you guys kind of get your thoughts out about the Mandalorian? Well, there are a couple things that I wanted to kind of go. Yeah, uh, go for it. Get your get your thought. Your guys' thoughts on one is the 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 episode times. Um, I was expecting hour long shows. So when I came up and the first yeah. one says thirty nine minutes, twenty you know thirty you know thirty minutes half hour. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. These are just you know thirty minute episodes. The other is they never tell what planet they're on. Yeah, they don't, do they? They never say when they go from one planet to the other. They never say what planet they're going to. I never noticed that. You're yeah, right. Yeah, and usually they always they always mention like yeah, even if they don't show on the crawl, you know, this is you know Bespin. They say we're going to the Bespin system. Right. We're on Tatooine. Well, like in Rogue One, anytime. If they the way they did that in Rogue One, the way they named the planets was if you had ne- if you're watching the movies chronologically and you hadn't seen that planet yet, it labeled it, but mm-hmm. only if you're watching it chronologically because they labeled uh, Yavin Four, but they didn't label Mustafar. Mm-hmm. So it was only if you were watching the movies one, two, three, Rogue One, four that they labeled the planets if you'd never seen them anymore, like the Ring of Kafreen. Like they they, they were showing they should have do that in Mandalorian. You're right. I didn't even hey, think about that. I have a theory on that on the names. I think Lucasfilm sat and watched Civil War and saw the big, bold city titles and were like, we need that. <laughs> MCU successful, we need their success. We need big, bold letters. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the... It uh, came out the same year. Yeah. What about the uh, episode links? I mean, do you like the fact that they're shorter episodes or do you wish that they would have... that we'd get longer... Oh, I, I would always wish for an hour-long episode of Mandalorian. I, yeah, I, I, obviously, but you know, I think. Look, you have to look at, at you have to look at it from Disney's point of view. Mm-hmm. They this is a big budget TV show that the only returns they're getting from it are on Disney Plus. Mm. So you have to kind of look at the budget they have versus how much they're going to make on Disney Plus, which we know now is an absorbent amount of money. But. Episodes for something as big budget like that, I I mean, I'm not really surprised they're not longer than that. And and honestly, yeah. do they need to be longer? I don't think so. I mean, because I didn't it, mind it. It seems like because it, it seems like they're not episodes one and two; they're chapters one and two. <laughs> yeah. On Disney Plus, they're called chapters one and two. So it's just chapter one of a larger story. Do I mean don't don't make a movie two and a half hours just to make a movie that's two and a half hours, and then figure out what you're going to put in it to to fill that two and a half hour gap. You make your movie, and however long it is, that's how long it is. If you know, I think it would be really, really cool if they did this. If they, if they, when, when this first season's over, and if they decide to release it on DVD, if they put it, if they label it book one of The Mandalorian. Oh, that'd be cool. And then you have chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. 
seasons that, are seasons are books, and books. then you have the chapters. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, the other thing, of course, yeah. is IG eighty eight. That was IG eleven. IG eleven. Yeah, that was that cool. was just oh that guy, dude. I and Danny sent me a picture, and I was thinking about it before he said it to me. But I'm so <laughs> glad he sent it. It was a picture of him. Of, of IG-11, and it said, anytime anytime there's a minor inconvenience, I shall I initiate self-destruct <laughs> protocols? I, 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 this is great. I don't mean to interrupt the IG-11 IG talk, but like you said, going back to what you said about the short, to me, episode chapter two, get that right, I feel like that could have been condensed and maybe combined with whatever was on chapter one or whatever they got right. planned for. Because the way I look at it was, he went, he's bringing the child back. Oh, some Jawas took his stuff. He's got to get it back. He's got to fight a rhino. I think they could have convinced that is, okay, he's taking the kid back. Those gangs attack him. He's losing from those whatever people were attacking him. Have Yoda save him there. And then they, he could have left the planet. And get to, see, that's the thing I had with episode two. I'm like, I feel like episode two has some things that I don't know if they're going to have any effect in the future. Well, I, I try to. I try not to. Ju- if I know there's how many episodes is this season going to be? Is it like eight? Eight episodes? I think. Uh, I'm not I, sure. I'm I'm not one to try to judge something based off of just the second episode of something. I think that's why a lot of people have problems with Last Jedi, is because it's the very middle of a trilogy and they don't know what's going to happen in the next mm. one. And I think it. This is one of those things where I'm I'm judging each episode individually and then once the season comes out then i can go oh that's why they did this and this and this and this that makes sense so we don't know what the overall plot is yet we don't know what the whole plan is yet i trust dave floney i trust john favreau give it to me just give me what you got let's see what it is and then i'll judge it based off its own merit yeah but I, I'm real excited about this season, man. I, so, I, I can't wait. I did, I did hear rumors also that they're going to re-edit this each season into a film, like an actual ooh. movie, and and they could do it. But think about this also. Why? What says we couldn't get a novelization of these seasons? Because it would be the only live-action thing we don't have novelizations of. That would be cool. So here's be. an here's another question for you guys as far as. And this is, and this leads into another, the only, I just you say, issue I possibly could have with the, with the new movie coming out um, has to do with fan service. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to see, now we're ta- since we're talking about The Mandalorian, do you want to see other quote-unquote famous Mandalorians? Do you want to see Satine? Do you want oh, to see Sabine? Sabine? Mm. In the do show? In the show, or even or mentioned. See, I'm not sure on the fan. See, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan, mm-hmm. and I don't mind this little fan service thing. I don't. Yeah. I think that's the thing that Star Wars has had a little problem subverting expectations. See, and that, it, that was my thing. That was my thing, and I've heard a few people mention this in the last trailer for Rise of Skywalker. Is it seemed like in Last Jedi, they went so far out of their way to not give. With the fans, what they were expecting to go, you know, no, you know, absolutely no fan service. And it seems like, at least with this new trailer, is like the pendulum almost swung the other way. With here's all the fan service. Look at all these ships. Look, here's a Clone Wars ship. Look at this. Here's a Trade Federation battleship. <laughs> How many here's... ships do you want in the shot, JJ? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I wouldn't be surprised if in somewhere in the background he did a little itty bitty Easter egg. If you notice it, way in the back is the Enterprise. Oh, God. Oh. You know, honestly, that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. If yes. you go back and look at the first of the reboot Star Trek movies, R2-D2's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's in the debris around I Vulcan. Yeah. Back to the res- subverting expectations. I don't know where they're going to go with the character, but the first episode, it subverted my expectation with IG-11. Mm-hmm. Because they were showing, you know, pop figures, action figures, posters, and then they kill him at the end of it. So yeah. I, I'm like, I wasn't expecting that, but I thought, well, maybe he's going to take him and fix him up. Captain yeah. Phasma, Phasma well, I mean, he did. He did kick some butt there for a while. Yeah, he but did. I, I thought and, and he, he was just interesting enough, too, where you're like, this guy's cool. Okay, I can yeah. watch this guy fight. All- oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I, I thought I had a weird theory. I thought maybe before I watched episode two, chapter two, I thought maybe he's going to take him, fix him, and then he's going to get that weird Taika Waititi humor, kind of like Korg or something. Well, it's one of those, he's saying something stupid, and the Mandalorian is just like, shut up. <laughs> no, don't self-destruct. <laughs> but, no, you were asking about Sabine and some other Mandalorians and whatnot. Uh, well, they're not on Mandalore. But the thing is, Sabine is part of a high... Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a very notable family. Uh, yeah, a notable clan. With the, Yeah, of the Mandalorians. So it almost would seem unnatural if... They didn't. And, you know, I'm almost positive they're going to because it's Dave Filoni. And mm-hmm. and he's going to reference his own material. Yeah. He's going to reference these characters that he's made. You know, he's 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 going to. I mean, even even the little nod of when the Mandalorian is having the flashbacks to when he was a kid. Clone Wars. That was during Clone Wars. That was Clone yeah. Wars on Mandalore. And that's that's. Yeah. See, and, and that's a little reference to what he's done. Here's my th- we don't know when that happened in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Do you think, how do they think, and speaking of bringing back characters, how do you think with John Favreau being involved, would they do a flat of showing pre-Vizsla? Because he voiced Vizsla. At, See, they could. But how, because I'm not saying, John's good, but he's not really the appearance of pre-Vizsla. Well, John Favreau also voiced uh, Rio and Solo. Yeah, so that's my thing. If they did pre-Vizsla, do you think they just do a guy in Mandalorian armor, you don't see his face, and John's voice is just coming from it? It wouldn't have to be John Favreau's voice, I think. Because, I mean, even look at Saw Gerrera. Granted, he was a little bit of an age difference. A different guy voiced Saw Gerrera in Clone Wars. It wasn't Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. but he was younger, though. But even the- in Rebels, when it showed the older yeah. Saw Gerrera, that was, I mean, that was, actually was, for sure, yeah. now that I think about it. <laughs> I, just, I just, yeah, I just blew my yeah. own point out of the water, but I mean, they could. I don't see why they could. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't they? Just because John Favreau's behind the camera doesn't mean he couldn't voice him. No, I mean, he, like- Iron Man, and he was happy. Hell, I mean, uh, what was the name of the director for Thor Ragnarok? I can't I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I, he voiced Korg in his own movie. So, yeah. I mean, why couldn't Favreau voice Previsla? You know he's IG-11, right, Taika? Yeah. Yeah, because you could, yeah. you could kind of hear that Korg in there just a little bit on a couple lines, Korg. and I'm like, you could kind of hear him. The revolution, the revolution has started. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if Mandalorian walked into there and found IG-11 and Baby Yoda going, Hey, man, got some pizza over here, Wi-Fi's over there. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I'm IG-11. This is, this is Yoda. This is Yoda. <laughs> Um, I love I like the fact of 
the the mint like the when you first see the stormtroopers, and oh, yeah. it reminds you like you know, like yes, this is right after immediately after uh, Return of the Jedi, but the Empire's still out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like you know the like you know the rebels won the battle of Endor and the uh, all the Empire just pulled one giant uh, charge mm-hmm. and went. We should give up. <laughs> My give up. My give up. Yeah, no, it's it's. You no, know, they're still out they're there, still but fighting. yeah. But yet, you know, there's still this, you know, idea that, yeah, the Empire's there on their last leg. Because when the guy gives them the Imperial credits, he's like, perhaps you haven't heard, the Empire's... Yeah, the Empire's yeah. not around anymore. Not anymore. Uh, see, they said this show is five years after Return of the Jedi. And I'm trying yeah. to think, I'm pretty sure that's after the Battle of Jakku. Is I'm, pre- it? I'm pretty sure it's after the Battle of Jakku, which was the literal death of the Empire. Like, that was that was the Empire in its death throes. Yeah. But I'm not entirely... I mean, it could still be five years. It could be, you know, leading up to the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. But I, it, I don't know exactly... Well, and, and you know the canon better than I do. Um, with the treaty, you know, the Empire was still around, but it was just forced to be in this one little area. Right. So it, was it was given a little bit of territory. Torians, like, you stay there and don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't don't, don't bother us. Just don't be naughty. Stay in the corner. Speaking Just go over there. <laughs> Empire. The one thing I see people talking about. What your guys' thoughts on them is Warner Herzog's character, the client. Interesting. He's very he very, the- and I'm pretty sure he's Imperial, or at mm. least ex-Imperial, former Imperial, or still whatever. I mean, whatever the Empire is at this point, I still think he's part of it. Part of the remnant. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at that medallion he's wearing, it's yeah. the Imperial logo. So yeah. So I think what's fun about the character, especially some of the older characters, you know they've been around. And what I'm interested in Clone Wars too is when uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out, the see, and that season seven of what Mandalorian or what. Rise of Skywalker stuff we see in that Clone Wars. You know, maybe mm-hmm. Warner Hortzog maybe younger and appear in there. It could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're introducing all these new characters that could still pop up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you really could. I, even the Mandalorian. Hell, you could even see the Mandalorian as a kid. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a foundling like they were talking about in Season 7 of Clone Wars. Who knows? Yeah. And I, I love I love how they're expanding more. Like, one of my favorite favorite episodes of the clone of rebels was when they went to man when they went to Mandalore mm-hmm. and with Sabine mm-hmm. and reconnecting with that and you know finding out the heritage about the armor and how it's handed down from generation but it's it's always augmented to fit mm-hmm. that you know the person so even yeah. though you know so and then seeing like when he got the little singlet the little the little piece of silver and then melting it down and adding it to the armor I'm like he got okay, a that was a that was a cool touch. That was a cool. Oh, that female Mandalorian's a badass, and you and I both yeah. know it. Oh yeah. Do you think? Speaking of Mandalorian's past, do you think any conversation about Mole will appear? Uh, you think Darth Maul he be mentioned look, in I'm any sure way? He he led Death Watch for a while, so mm-hmm. uh, I could probably see a mention somewhere. I don't think it's gonna be big reference. I mean, Maul ended up being a nobody. He was. He was always the character that wanted to be something, but yeah. ne- was never able to attain it. Because I yeah. wonder, if you forgot yeah, Mandal- so. more Mandalorians appearing, do you think we'll see some that will still be sporting the mole spikes on their helmet? That would be cool. Some of the Death yeah. Watch helmets, that would be cool. Yeah. 
well, like, think he they'll... was the bastard child of the universe. Like, the universe is just shitting on him all the time. The Force is like, no, screw you. <laughs> like, no, now, screw do you, think, you again. Do you think we'll min they'll mention anything of the Mandalorian past where their time where they were, uh, they became, a, uh, they tried to make Mandalore pacifist? They may. Where they, well they, may. Like, they look at, like, and how will they look at that? How would they, they would look at that with shame and, like, why, you know, why did they try to change who we were? You know, I, I don't know because that was how far back was that for Mandalorian? Was it like six years, seven years? Cause... It was right in the middle of the Clone Wars. Oh God, it was. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was further. I was thinking it was in Rebels, but you're right. It was. Clone no, Wars. it was right That's in the middle of Clone Wars. So you're looking at 40, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. That and... brings up because I noticed with the Mandalorian, it's like he's not trying. You know, almost. It's like they throw it in his face, you know, like the Ugnaught guy, forget his name, tells yeah, him, Yeah, I, I can never remember his name. Your people used to ride this lizard that mythos or whatever. And I got thinking, like, you know, what if he was in that passive time? Because I got thinking it, and he was happy with it. And now he's thrown back and having to do that war thing. And maybe he's not comfortable with it. Maybe well, he was a few that liked that. Well, he would have been very, very young. I mean, looking looking at him right now, I'm guessing he's probably close to in between Han and Luke's age. Mm -hmm. So he would have he would have remembered the Clone Wars, but he would have been a kid during the Clone Wars. So right. and he would have been he would have been very, very like. So he could be in his late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. But, um, but think of how uh, I can't think of the word now. Impressionable. But think of yeah, he could have been a young kid, you know, maybe barely remember, could we remember, peaceful time, and then these horn guys showed up with his thugs, took over his thing, and now everyone's wearing these suits of armor, and mm -hmm. yeah. life is cheap. Well, I, I, liked, I liked how they, they showed the almost, you know, you hear, the, you hear the term, there's no honor among thieves, but it seemed like there was some honor between, like, when him and IG-11 were, they showed that they're both guild members, it's like, okay, there's a code of conduct here, there's something that, you know, as mm. long as you don't cross this line, I won't cross, you know, you're you're good with me, so it was, you know... Well, they, they even decided, they even agreed to split the bounty. Slip, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, isn't there? Don't they have like a a a, a, a somewhere a code of a, like the the bounty hunter code of ethics and the code mm -hmm. of like what each you know you you can't you can't do this you can't do that you know can't encroach on another another one's bounty you know mm -hmm. once yeah every stuff like that yeah well Speaking that got bounty. thrown out the window quite a bit I mean yeah even with the Trandoshans attacking him in the cavern. Yeah, that got thrown out the window quick. Well, I mean, we don't you, know that they were guild members, but yeah, and that's one thing I'm interested in seeing is like everyone having the little fob, mm -hmm. and everyone where he's yeah. like, oh yeah, what's what's going on with this? Why do you have? And the fact that IG Eleven was given different orders, yeah, than, than See, the Mandalorian. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something else I was going to talk about, and I'd forgotten about it till just now. The the fobs, like what? How do these things work? How do they? I mean, Maybe it's new technology. I yeah, I don't know because that doesn't that kind of take away the whole aspect of bounty hunting. How are you the best bounty hunter in the parsec if all you do is follow a beeper? I have you're one question. You're, you're literally you. playing a game of hot cold. 
Like that's Sounds literally like what you're doing. conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's <laughs> that's the only thing that I can't figure out is what's the point of bounty hunting? Because we've never seen that before. Even when Boba was hunting down Han Solo, he never had a a, so, a bounty fob. Yeah, here's and, my thing with the tracker. Does that mean that is like ever, since there's so many people, does that mean okay, is Warner Herzog going okay? My five fifteens here. Oh, bounty hunters, different possession. <laughs> Go get it. Next guy, please. Oh, bounty hunting something. Next guy. Yeah. yeah. I, how do these things work? How do they yeah. point you in the direction of where you're going? Hmm. I was just I an interesting thought. I don't. I don't mean to tear the show apart. I'm not trying to point out things that don't make sense because I love the show and I don't want to pick it apart. I, but it's just one thing that I was like, how do these work? Like, why was the point of them? It kind of takes away from the bounty hunting aspect of it. Yeah. Because then, then anybody, the kid down the street, could be like, oh, I found a tracking fob. Let's go see where it leads to, and just go until it beep 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 beep. Oh, hey, I just made fifty thousand credits. <laughs> like, like any kid can do it. So I do. I don't know. What'd you get? I got a baby Yoda. I got money. What'd you get? I got a rhino. I got a bail jumper. What'd you get? Another bail jumper. <laughs> but all right, so that's kind of what we that's that's kind of our thoughts on the Mandalorian so far. So good. Yeah, oh, I have a controversial question for you guys. What's that? We have seen Boba Fett in action. We have seen Cad Bane in action. We've seen the Mandalorian somewhat. Of what we know, who would you say is probably the best bounty hunter we have been introduced to? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Boba, you, like you were talking earlier about the mystery of Star Wars. You were talking about how mystery is a big part of everything. They took that mystery away from Boba Fett with the prequels. They took that away from him. He was always the badass Mandalorian. You didn't know what he looked like. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, he's just a clone of his dad. Yeah, so we know what he looks like. It, yeah, but it, it, you know what he looks like, though. He's a clone trooper. And it's just... Um, I just yeah, took bro, away from him. Just on the Boba thing. Have you seen the unfinished animation of what could have been mm -hmm. in the Clone Wars? Of him fighting Bane? Of him fighting Darth Bane? Or not now, Darth Bane. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Now, here's my yeah, question. Yeah. If they never do that episode, if they don't do it for season seven, and say they do finish, we'll do it and or question here if they don't do that episode in my thoughts catabane hasn't been killed off to me that doesn't seem canon yeah no would you want to see would you want to see catabane show up in a mandalorian or if they do that episode and they finish it and put it do you think that would change everyone's reputation of boba because i think that's a fitting thing for boba of how I, i've been hoping look we've, we've had this star wars comic going right for the last what four years now almost <laughs> almost five years and it's been taking place between a new hope and empire strikes back. And there's one story that I keep talking about on this podcast that I want to pop up in that comic. And I don't think it's going to pop up. I don't think it's actually going to happen. And it's going to piss me off because it's not going to make sense. The one story I want is an empire strikes back. You guys remember when Han and Leia are walking through the corridor and Han says, well, the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mandel changed my mind. I want that story. And I want that bounty hunter to be Cad Bane. I want that to be the bounty hunter that made Han go, oh, well, shit, time to go face Jabba. <laughs> like, like I want that to be him. And it, mm. so far it hasn't happened. That's the recognition I want Cad Bane to get. Mm. I want him to have, I want that to be his on-screen mention. And I want him to be able to weave into that story like that, into the classic trilogy story like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's this idea of, with Boba Fett, of being the most, 
not necessarily useless character, but one of the most overhyped characters in Star Overrated. Wars. Yeah. Overrated, you know, and I, I say the same thing. You know, I always say the same thing. He had a total of what, like five lines, one of which was a Wellheim scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, like you said, with that episode of the Clone Wars, you know, if they do that, that's a good way to really redeem that character mm-hmm. in the eyes of the line and show like, okay, this is why he was considered to be such, you know, a cool character. You know, why people yeah. loved him is by having him face down someone like Cad Bane and maybe not kill Cad Bane, but, you know, put him in his place, you know, put, you know, so that people look at, you know, at, you know, looking forward that it's Boba is the bounty hunter. Every, everybody respects instead of in fears, instead of mm-hmm. Cad Bane, you know, See, that's the thing I think not me interrupt, but they always said Boba Fett's the greatest bounty here. Maybe because he became the greatest because he took out the greatest. Maybe because he wasn't using a tracking fob. Yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, if if there was if oh look, this tracking fob thing kind of does piss me off. The more I think about it, because because <laughs> if, if these tracking fobs exist, what's the point of Darth Vader hiring seven or eight bounty hunters to find Han Solo? Oh, yeah. just hire one of them. Here's the tracking fob. No disintegration. See in see in five <laughs> days. Like like that's all. That's all it would be. You wouldn't have to waste the money on all of them. You know, or or the time. Yeah. So it's just that. I mean, I get it's a plot device. I get it. It's it's one of those things that they made for the show. I'm not going to dispute it. It's just I don't I don't feel like, I feel like it's out of place. But anyway, yeah. so all right, so let's get on to some mailback questions. Let's get away from right. Mandalorian for a little while, right. which let's I think go. we're gonna, we're going to talk about Mandalorian again here in just a minute. But before we get into the mailback questions, how do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast? You can email it to me at Star Wars Canon Library at gmail.com. Or if you're listening on the Anchor app or Anchor.fm, you can send me a voice message there with your question. And you never know, you might be able to hear yourself on next week's episode with your question. So uh, we've got three questions picked out for this week. And uh, all three questions are really good questions. I really, I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on this, Mark and Danny. Uh, so let's just jump right into this. Question number one this week comes from Lauren Stone. And Lauren says, greetings, Brian. Hope all is well. Now that The Mandalorian is out and it's received such an overwhelmingly positive response, do you think the future of Star Wars should be rooted in television? Would love to hear your thoughts. Love the podcast. Mark, what do you think? Do you think maybe Lucasfilm needs to focus more on television at this point? Because keep in mind, we've got the Obi-Wan series coming. We've got the Cassian Andor series coming. And we've got this Mandalorian series that is just apparently off the chain. Yeah. What What do you think? I think I think, for me personally, uh, we talked about this a while on the last episode of War of the Stars. This very same topic, and for me, how do I put this? It was one of those things that what happened on the TV could either sink or swim with with this and it swum it swum like an olympic swimmer so to me i mean this is mm-hmm. i think in a long way around uh, that yeah i think that tv should be their focus now i think that with a success of the mandalorian and it looks like it's just going to continue to be a success that's where they really not that they should stop making movies but i think that they need to really focus on the tv on the television aspect on the streaming aspect of it mm-hmm so, well, see, Danny, you're a big Marvel fan, 
Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing that they're doing with the MCU right now. They're focusing more on the streaming aspect of it. And they're doing a few films still, but they're coming out with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. The, the I mean, what other TV shows are there? The What If? Loki. The, yeah, Loki's getting his own show. I mean, all these other shows, they're at WandaVision. They're focusing on all these other shows now. Do you think this is something they should also do with Star Wars? I'm going to say that before I go in about the Star Wars TV show, I think people forget about it. And I'm not saying because I'm a fan of it. People got to remember about these shows. Clone Wars walked so that these other shows could run. Mm -hmm. Because if Clone Wars would have failed, none of this would have. Because George Lucas probably would have went, hey, this isn't going to work. Yeah. But I think it depends on what the story they want to tell. Like, for example, like Clone Wars said, they could do, like, the movies was about Anakin Skywalker. Clone Wars could do stuff about smaller characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't think they could have done Darth Maul's story in a movie. You know, what happened? I think, you know, TV gives them time to sit and grow and get to learn the character. Yeah. For mm-hmm. example, like, Ahsoka. No one really cared. Or cared oh, about. I hated got, Ahsoka at the beginning. But now you see Ahsoka, you're just sitting there going, ah. <laughs> to the point yeah. where I named my cat Ahsoka. So, yeah. you know, like, I, I hated this. You bring up a good point. You can grow with these characters a lot more, and you have more exposure to these characters with a series like this than you mm-hmm. do with film. I mean, because look at, look at Ray and Finn and Poe. The only exposure that the main audience has had so far is two movies. That's and, it. We've had four hours with them. That's yeah. it. And, well, and with the Mandalorian, you know, you have five seasons of Mandalorian. You're looking at twenty plus hours with a character. Yeah. You know. Well, no. Here's here's my only my only concern, and I wouldn't say concern is like you said with TV shows, you can take a character that, like you said with Ahsoka, that at the beginning you may hate, but by the end of it, you're like, I love this character. I can't, you know, I can't wait to with. The way, and I'm going to use the post-millennial, whatever, and they're, the way they lack of attention, the lack of attention span, that they could just, you know, they see a character like like, like that, like Ahsoka, that everyone hates at the beginning. And instead of waiting until the end to see how that character grows, they're like, oh, I don't like this character. Click. Instant. They want the instant gratification. They want the instant cool character, you yeah. know, instant everything like that. Instead of saying like character development, yeah. this character is is bad for a reason. She they need to grow. They need to grow into that, mm-hmm. you know, aspect of. And I don't know if that was the plan with Ahsoka in the beginning. Yeah. If the plan was to make her annoying and eye rolling at the beginning, and at the end you're like, oh yeah, she's we actually all like her now. Um. But yeah, with the instant gratification, like you said, everyone wants, you know, they want to, they want what they want now instead of waiting mm-hmm. until you get the story fully told. Well, see, also, one of the reviews I saw, one of the only negative reviews I saw for Mandalorian was this guy said that the second episode had no character development for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, you, there wasn't a lot there, obviously. I mean, it was more of him trying to track down his parts there was it didn't you didn't learn a lot about him like you did in the first episode but is that needed if you're only on episode two of eight or nine or ten episodes why does every episode have to to me to me that was 
and he and that person was was said that was right. There wasn't a lot of character development, there, but mm-hmm. there was story progression. Right. There was right. a lot of story progression, not not necessarily a lot of detail things, but it was like they're moving the plot from point A to point B so we can get to point right. C and then move on with more character mm-hmm. development for for the character. Yeah. Well, I see one con with the TV series. And it's been shown before. I'm going to use him as an example, and people are going to say, oh, you don't shut up. He's my favorite character, so quiet, people. <laughs> but there's another character that did it. They did the original micro-series Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they made General Grievous look like the freaking Terminator in that. And people want to see Revenge of the Sith, you know, people who haven't seen that show, whatever, they just thought, it's just some robot that's coughing and hacking up. He can do forearm, whatever. They right. didn't know who that person was. And so, so some people go, that was just a throwaway character. To me, I didn't know who he was, but I liked the character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to see the Clone War. You got to add on to him. Another character that was like that is Saw Gerrera. People saw Rogue One who had never seen Clone War. So some people went... I don't know who this is. So mm-hmm. with them doing TV shows, they may introduce characters and go, oh, let's put them in this movie. Mm-hmm. You may sit there and go, who is that? Because I've seen some people go, say, you know, it'd be cool if we see Hondo appear in Rise of Skywalker. I'm going like, but are people going to know who Hondo is? Right. I don't know who he is because yeah. Hondo's boss. Yeah. Well, see, w- what you're talking about, some of those Easter eggs, like a great example is the ghost and, and Chopper in mm-hmm. Rogue One. Yeah, uh, you, you, me, Mark, like oh, us who watch Rebels, we're mm-hmm. like, holy shit, that's the ghost. Holy yeah. shit, that's Chopper. But anybody else, it was just a thing where it was like well, they didn't know any different. It was even just the a name, background thing. Even the name drop of General Syndulla. Right. Yeah. That. To, yeah. To we the, were like, oh. To the regular movie going audience, that's just background noise. That's just extra well, detail that they don't really notice. But for us sweaties, we're like. <gasps> oh, kind of like the ghost. Kind of like the ghost in the trailer for the, or the Rise of Skywalker. How you see the ghost in that trailer, you're like, all of us are like, oh, oh my God. Like, and that's the ghost, but everybody else, it's just another yeah. one of the 50 and million this ships. Some, this is something that we talked, and uh, we actually talked about this a little bit on last week's episode. We, uh, our episode was on the, the, um, toxic fan base. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how we as older fans, uh, who grew up with the original trilogy and the prequels, um, when they showed the the original tra- uh, teaser trailer for the um, the new movie um, Rise of Skywalker, I guess there was a lot of people, the the younger fans at Celebration, who had just grown up or had just started becoming fans with this new pre- with the new sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and hadn't. And there's some who, believe it or not, haven't seen the original trilogy that have just seen. So when they see Lando show up and all us old fans are like it's lando and a lot of these kids were like well who's lando mm-hmm. and it seemed like there were two types of fans there there were those that were rolling their eyes like oh, how can you call yourself a fan and not who know who lando is right but then there were fans that were this is where i said that we as older fans what we need to do as far as being almost like jedi master to these to these young padawans saying okay here let me tell you a story yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you who the coolest guy in the galaxy is. Who Lando yeah, Calrissian is. Up, you know. See that's see. I brought that up earlier, Brian. But when I tried to show my cousin the movies, 
Mm-hmm. I will say this when I talked about it blended new with old stuff. I will say that I like the original trilogy movies, but I will say they're not my favorite because they do kind of show age to them. You know, their effects, they're good, but they, if you watch them now on like 4K TV, they don't mm-hmm. hold up as good. And yeah. they can sometimes drag a little long. So I could get why, you know, showing someone new that's never seen these and you want to start them with. Mm-hmm. I start with the original yeah. trilogy because I want them to have that feeling of, oh my god, Darth uh, Vader Darth is. To kind of grow with the, with yeah. the story, yeah. And her well, thing even, was. Even... Oh, sorry. Yeah, her um. thing was, it's hard to fault because their their age shows. It's kind of hard to. I'm, she said she was pointing out all the flaws, and that's what was ruining it for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as as someone who's done acting and has been been, at, um, you know, the, the small theater stuff like that, you watch oh. the original original movie, like the original New Hope, and Mark Hamill is just cringeworthy in acting. The acting oh there. yeah. Oh, it is just. But yeah. now you look at him now, and he's like a tour de force. But yeah, but Uncle Owen. watching from an watching from an actor's point of view to watch Mark Hamill in the original. Oh. And well, of course, now we see where Anakin and both Anakin and uh, Kylo Kylo get it then, from. They're yeah. both whiny, whiny little brats. God, man, it's it's <laughs> yeah, no, it's sad, man. But, but you I was going to pick up power converters. You were you were talking about fan service earlier, and I think that's you know if if they start doing this this television thing with Star Wars, I I absolutely think this is the direction they're going with it. I mean, especially considering. You know, with uh, Benioff and Weiss leaving their trilogy mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson supposedly leaving his. I haven't seen anything confirmed on that yet, but the rumor is that they've canceled all that. The, right now, the only movie that they have that they're really talking about is the Kevin Feige film. And, mm-hmm. you know, that with, with them, you know, getting rid of all these film slate dates, it makes you wonder, are they really getting ready? Because you can tell a lot more stories a lot faster with a series, series with yeah. a set of series than you can films. How long does it take to get a movie out? Two, maybe three years? Two years mm-hmm. max? Or yeah. two years at the Wonder minimum? If it's good. Yeah, with a series, you can come out with a new season every year. And, and a yeah. season, if you, if you have eight episodes that are a half hour each, that's four hours. That's two films worth coming out every year rather than a film every two. Yeah, and and you could tell these stories a lot faster, and you could get them out a lot faster. And obviously, with this Mandalorian thing, I'm excited to see what the cast in Andor series is going to look like. I'm exci- I'm really excited about the Obi Wan series. Yeah. Oh yes, these things are going to skyrocket. And I think with the the amount of positive reception they're getting about it, I think you're going to see a lot more series announced. I think you're going to see you, a lot more Disney Plus series. Do you think too many shows could clog it up though? What I'm saying is, you know, I like it depends because. How can you do some prequel telling stuff without the Clone Wars stuff getting in the way? Well, you or, could. You could do it. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, you you could easily do it. I mean, they're telling the Mandalorian story right now, and you've got the Aftermath trilogy happening. You've got Alphabet Squadron happening. You've got the Battlefront 2 campaign happening right now. You've got Last Shot happening all in the same time period as the Mandalorian. So, but as oh. a casual viewer, though, you know, who mm-hmm. don't read, who don't read the books and stuff that just right. watch the stuff. Some of us may be going, well, this is, go- how is this person showing up when this is going on? But I well, thought, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh. Like, wouldn't that be kind of a neat thing though? Like if you, let's say for instance, right, they do a live action series that takes place during clone wars or, 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 or you know, here's a, here's a good idea. Here's a good example. The casting Andor series. We know this is coming. It happens the same time as rebels. Why couldn't Harrison Dula pop in? 
for an episode of Cassian Andor? Why couldn't Chopper mm. be there? Why couldn't why couldn't we see the Rebels crew? Because there was a lot of time there in between seasons two and three of Rebels where you don't know what they were doing. There yeah. Was, there was six months there where Ezra became Billy Badass with a lightsaber and have and, and Kanan was blinded. We have no idea what was going on. Why couldn't we see some well, stuff that popped up in between there? Wouldn't yeah. at some point that be considered too much fan service at some times? I, I don't because... think fan, I think fan service has a bad connotation with it. Yeah, I I think the only thing I don't want to see is like like I don't mind mint you know seeing these characters, but you know like I don't want to see every like with in Last Jedi not Last Jedi but in Rise of Skywalker I don't want to see everyone turn into a Jedi. You know, yeah, everyone's no. wanting you know like Poe to be a Jedi, Finn to be a Jedi. Like mm-hmm. it's like. You're a Jedi. You're a Jedi. You're a Jedi. Well, Everybody's Jedi, but you have to keep in mind with fan service too. There's a difference between fan service and having something there that feels natural to the story. Yeah, like like a lot of people uh, consider the Yoda. Th- the people who don't like Last Jedi consider Yoda and Last Jedi as fan service. Having the puppet. No, nah, that was needed. That was that needed to be there. If it yeah. wasn't for Yoda popping up, Luke wouldn't have done what he did. And and so. Let's say with Rise of Skywalker, let's say Hayden Christensen pops up as the Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker, and Obi-Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost appears, and Yoda's there, and hell, screw it, let's just go ahead and say it for the hell of it, Qui-Gon's there. Let's say Qui-Gon Jinn pops up as a Force Ghost in in Episode Nine. And IG-11's Force Ghost pops up. like <laughs> All the younglings. Like, all the younglings. But if but it's, let's say these Force Ghosts pop up. There's going to be people out there who are like, oh, that's just fan service. They just shoehorned it in there so they could. No, if it's natural to the story. Yeah. If, it's, if, it's, if they have to be there to teach Rey a certain lesson before she goes and faces Sheev, that's, that's necessary. That's part of the story. Is there something else they could have probably done? Maybe. But so, it would seem more natural if you put yourself in that situation, and the only thing that's going to get across to you is if Luke's Force Ghost pops up with Anakin and says you need to do this, this, and this, then that's what's going to happen. But do you think, think that would get? Do you think that get a little? I don't mind ghosts, but if they show up, but don't you think some people would think that's a little familiar? You know, all these great masters are showing up because wouldn't that sound a little endgame ish? Well, that's what, that, that's what they're doing. This yeah. is Star Wars Endgame. That's exactly what this is. And after seeing what they did with Endgame, I'm not putting anything past Disney, man. I'm not putting... I, I'm expecting full... I'm expecting... I, I don't even know what I'm, I, I'm... I'm not not expecting anything. See, I wouldn't mind if the ending to it is... I'm going to use the Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan where you expect something big... But it's something kind of small and calm yet satisfying. Mm-hmm. See, I wouldn't mind, you know, how they always make up that when the two are balanced, there's peace or something. If it balances and then there's quiet peace. Yeah, no, it's it's possible, man. It's I, I, we don't know how it's going to end. We really don't. But once it's over, I mean, it's this is the end of the Skywalker saga, right? I mean, this is the final Skywalker film. After this, there's no more Skywalker stuff ever. Like this, this is it. So. I'm, go- they I'm going said back that to 10 years I'm- ago. Well, they did, and then Disney bought it. So, I mean, Disney's not going to sell it anytime soon. It's still making money. Every one of the mil- movies so far has been a billion, well, except for Solo, has been a billion dollar movie. You know? So, I honestly, and, and you know, Solo has a lot to do with this too, with the numbers that came in on Solo. I think that's why we're getting an Obi Wan series instead of a movie. 
I think this was. Me- I think the Obi Wan series was meant to be a movie to begin with, and when they saw the numbers come in for Solo, they went, "Ooh, ooh, might want to back off on these standalone films for a minute." We got Disney Plus coming out. Let's just do a series for that because they said Obi Wan that Ewan McGregor's been attached for years, for years, and he didn't say anything about it. You know, even before they even came up with the idea of Disney Plus, he was attached to an Obi Wan project. The one show that I would love to see, and as far as the live, I think it would be a perfect for live action TV to set it between like the same time that the Mandalorian is taking place in mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah. Oh, do a live action Rogue Squadron with Wedge with Wedge and all of all you know all you don't even have to have Luke in it. You can have Luke mentioned in there, right. but you can do do a Rogue Squadron TV show. I would. Because yeah, you, I remember- you could even do Phantom Squadron, that that squadron he put together with, uh, oh, what what was it uh, in the Aftermath trilogy, mm-hmm. and you could even show the Battle of Jakku, and that would be a great way to show the Battle of Jakku from an X Wing pilot's point of view. Now other shows they could do. Here's what I what I like about I'm bringing Clone Wars. I like Clone. Wars. I'm gonna lie, I love Clone Wars <laughs> because of what it could do, but how it would touch upon different genres, like you get. Horror movie based episodes. Mm, you got some drama yeah. action. Hear me out. I'll be an open mind on this. What if they did a ser- a little mini run of it of like a musical in Star Wars? No. Now, hear me out. No. no. Hear me out. Hear me out. No. How it would <laughs> hear me out on how it would work. You know how they, they have tried this. that. You got it was the holiday special. <laughs> no, 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 no. Calm down. Let me hear me out on this one. <laughs> You know how you have your musical where they sing and it basically it tells how they're feeling, you know, it progresses the story. We've seen entertainers and singers like Slice Noodles and all that in the galaxy. What if it was one of those, those one, one of those ones where they don't say it's just, oh, this is what I'm going through as a performer here. Oh, it's time for my number. They go out. You get the little number of them singing. They go back on. They continue what they're doing. Basically, it's a show about them being a performer in Jabba's Palace oh or something. Oh, my God. No. Oh, no. They, they tried that in Rebels, remember, with uh, AP5? Remember that when he was floating out in space and he started singing like the Disney musical number and then the ghost comes in and swoops him up and they tried that. And I was like, no, God, please don't ever do that again. No, the only you can have music, you can have musical numbers in Star Wars like Sice Noodle in Jabba's Palace or the Cantina Band playing or, you know, the Cantina Band playing in Mos Kanata's Castle. That's cool. That's awesome. But no, if I see Ray pop up with a lightsaber and start singing some freaking young love song about Kylo Ren. No, I'm not doing this. You can see her it, flipping man. her arms in the air and a bunch of porgs land on your arms and she's all, oh. oh. My God. No, I, that will be the day. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. If if Disney ever does a Star Wars musical, that will be the day I shut down the Star Wars canon podcast because I'll be done. I'll, I'm going to burn all this. I'll be done. Like, that's it. What do you do if you find out that Chapter three of Mandalorian is the musical episode because some TV show. Time, time to cancel my Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> hey, I will say this about the Star Wars holiday special. The best part of that to me is the B. Arthur singing part because she has oh dumped God. that drink down that guy's head and it's freaking weird. <laughs> now, here's here's an idea that they could do, and they could do it with the Mandalorian. And I think a lot of people may not like it, but I think with the way the Mandalorian is, this student episode with no dialogue. Yes. 
just no, just he gets his bounty. Like maybe the only dialogue is the beginning where he gets his bounty and he just goes and gets mm-hmm. the bounty and there's no dialogue. It's just him going after the bounty. I'm like, that would be a cool episode. Yeah. Well, like even like that, that reminds me of Last Jedi because they did a, a score only version of Last Jedi where it was only the music. And you watch it, but there was no dialogue. It was there were sound effects. It was just the music, and it was awesome. Mm. It was absolutely awesome to sit and watch. So yeah, no dialogue episode would be freaking awesome. I'm not yeah, gonna but... lose my mind, but I want to see a musical episode with Grievous singing. I want to hear that. Oh my god! You can't he has tell such me a lovely it. singing voice. He would he would sound like Marge Simpson if she smoked half a pack of cigarettes every hour. Like, <laughs> all right, so. All right. What's the next question? I was yeah. I was gonna just say oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to get on to the next question. So you guys think there's gonna be more Star Wars yeah. series? Yes. Yes. Down the line? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All right. So let's uh, let's get on to question number two. Question number two this week comes from Tiffany Harris, and Tiffany says, "Hey Brian, congrats on your new baby boy. Very excited for you. I listen to every episode of your show, and I can tell you are very passionate about Star Wars. Keep it up. Thank you very much, Tiffany. I appreciate it." Uh, my question is, why did Disney alter the Han and Greedo scene again? I was under the impression they couldn't alter anything George Lucas had already done. Was I wrong? Thanks in advance. Uh, thanks for the question, Tiffany. And for those of you that don't know, now that Disney Plus is out, you, Danny didn't know this. Uh, when they, when Disney Plus put on the original trilogy films, there's a small change to A New Hope again. And it's in that, that infamous Han and Greedo scene. Right. So apparently now it has been altered to where they both shoot at the exact same time now. And Han doesn't do that awkward, like six inch move to the left. Like it's it's they 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 altered it to where they shoot. If you do it frame by frame now, they shoot at the exact same time. Uh, A lot of people are kind of upset that this happened. But a lot of people don't realize George Lucas himself did this change for Disney Plus. So that's that. I mean, Mark, you, I, I don't know where you stand on the whole Han Greedo shooting first thing. For me, for me, it was always Han shot. There was no first. There's no yeah, first exactly. if, only, if only one person shot. It yeah. was always Han, Han shot. shot. Han, Han shot. shot. That was it. So Han shot before Greedo could. Now they shoot at the same time. And that is the canon version. That The Disney Plus version of A New Hope is now the canon version, not my Blu-ray version. So what do you think about this? Do you, I mean, th- I know you don't like the name Pablo Hidalgo. I know you don't like his name. But even he came out and said that the details around that situation are not canon. What's canon is that two of them walked into that booth and only one walked out. Right. So how do you feel about them shooting at the exact same time now? I don't know since I haven't watched the actual scene. I'd actually have, have to watch the scene and see how it plays it's noticeable. out. It's very noticeable. No, very noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's better than having it so that Greedo shoots first because you said it looks really bad with them kind of making yeah, that, Han like... move to the. Yeah, it looks so. You can tell it's computer generated. You could tell oh, it was post edited. And so. You know, I'm with you. For me, it was simply Han shot. Mm-hmm. Not shot first. He simply shot Greedo before Greedo could shoot him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, this whole thing could have been just been... We don't, 
If they hadn't have changed it in the first place, we yeah. wouldn't be having this conversation. And you can thank George Lucas for that. Yeah. He's the one to change it in the first place. Danny, what do you think? Because uh, keep in mind, this is a big this is a big telltale of Han's character in A New Hope. Yeah. To me, I'll be honest, I never really cared because I never really noticed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've seen the controversy, all that. But I think now, since Solo came out, with the whole ending of him and Beckett, yeah. It should be Han shot first because it would make sense because of what if you're watching these all in order and you watch solo before this, it kinda makes sense. Sean shot first. He learned, yeah. hey, shoot first. You know yeah. what? That, thoughts that, on it? That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that because you're right. When he shot Beckett, he was just making sure nothing happened. And in a new hope, now he gets to he lets it go far enough to where Greedo pops off a shot. And that could have been the end of him. That Han should have been the same Han that just blew him away with no, but with, Brian, with no thought. We don't, know, we don't know what happened with Han between Solo. That's true too. But he was still a scoundrel. That's what I'm getting at. It kind of, it kind of affects. It kind of tells a lot about his character because he Han Solo's character. He has his own story arc in this, where he goes from scoundrel to rebellion hero, caring about something bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. I have a theory here. We don't know what we're doing with that character. You guys may know that. Here's my theory as a person. We don't know what happened between Han and Game of Thrones chick. I can't think of her name. Kira. What if there is a situation where he had a confrontation with her and he thought she was going to back and he drawled first, shot her, and here she was really not going to do anything bad and he That's killed her. Possible. Being, and he now has a second thought of being the one shooting first. See, that's possible. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that. I mean, because yeah. I mean, but still, with what we have right now, you would think it would be a little bit consistent. And it, honestly, it was more consistent with the original theatrical version of him just, and that was it. Yeah. So at least we got Han shot first in Solo. At least we got that. But yeah. it's, but you're right. I hadn't thought about that whole scene with Beckett where he just. He learned because remember he told him people are predictable, and when he shot him, he's like, "You were right. I was gonna shoot you. I was gonna kill you, kid," and and you made the right move. And I think that's a. I think Han should have just blew Greedo. I you know I think he shouldn't even got in the booth with him. As soon as Greedo put that gun up to him, I think that should have been it. But it's it's interesting. What do you guys think about George Lucas coming in to change it though? Because he's the one that altered this. You know, I love I love George. Obviously, but at the same time, I mean, people talk about, you know, all the things, you know, all the complaints with the with the seat with the sequels. We saw what happened when with with episode with uh, episode one and two and the, the prequels when George has a free hand when George doesn't have people saying, yeah, hey, you know, maybe, you know, when he's just surrounded by yes men when there's people not there to body check him. Yeah, I think George had his idea. He just didn't know how to execute him well. But I noticed with Episode Three, you could tell that's the one he was in charge and the one he story he really wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like almost like so basically almost like he was using Episode One and Two just to get to Episode Three. Yeah, right. like right. it was just like you know. he had the part. See, I would not disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree, and especially when you get to the interesting part of episode three. When you get to that last half, that's when it really that's that's perfect Star Wars telling, in my opinion. 
Oh, yeah. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the prequels, but that last half of three was like, yes, that's Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that I think Danny's onto something. I think that was I think one and two and that first half of three were just gear up to get it's to almost the. It's like you ever write a book and you get to that part where you're just like, I don't want to yes. write. I have to do it to get to the part I want. I think that's what George was at. He's like, I'm at yeah. the part I really am not into, but I have to tell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, but still at the same time, you know, he still didn't have he didn't have like Harrison Ford saying you can write this crap, George, but you can't say it. Yeah. You know, they, they, these were young actors that were just like, OK, sure. This is my line. Yeah. Sure. I don't like sand. OK. Well, also, by the time you got to the prequels also, because George didn't direct all three of the classics, he directed the first one. Yeah. And, and that was it. And then somebody else directed the next two. But with the prequels, the thing is, it was a different time also, because you've got these actors coming in and, and these production crews coming in. And to mm-hmm. them, on the classic trilogy, oh, this guy's name is George Lucas. He's the director. He came up with the idea. Screw him. He doesn't know what he's doing. When you fast forward to the 90s and we're making the prequels, everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this is George fucking Lucas. Like, oh, my God. Like, everybody worships George Lucas at this point where this guy made Star Wars. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, we can definitely do that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yes, I, yes, I don't like yeah, sand. Yeah. I don't like sand. <laughs> yeah. I don't like sand either. I don't like sand either. That's that's a great line. I, I think what start with bring in talking about Marvel. I think what Marvel works is they have one person overseeing it, but they let everyone do their do their mm-hmm. thing, you know. And they can go. And the one guy can go, "Hey, you're getting a little out of line. Draw back a little bit." Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Star Wars goes off, you know. Like I'm not gonna lie, when they got rid of the. Phil Lord and all them. Yeah. So I thought, you know, maybe the solo improvising thing probably would have worked a little better. Mm. You know, it'd be, well, like I said, we'll never know that. Right. Yeah, we won't. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rogue One was like a war movie. Yeah. More than, you know. We'll and... see what happened with Rogue One also. They were allowed to kind of go off and do their own thing. And then when Disney started, I mean, when they. Started looking at the final product, and they're like, oh, crap, we have to reshoot, like, 80% of this now. And then that's when they stepped in and was like, no, no, you got to do this, 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 and this. And then with Solo, they were like, no, you're not sticking to this. You're gone. Bye. And then they hired somebody who actually would do it. Same thing with the Boba Fett movie we were supposed to get. You know, like, he was very – the Josh Trank, very unprofessional. Didn't want to do what they wanted to do. You're gone. And and that I, that, that's part of the rumor of why Benioff and Weiss left is because they had all these ideas – but Lucasfilm was like, no, 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 no. We want you to do this, this, and this. And then they said no, and they left. This is mm-hmm. my thing. Kathleen uh, Kennedy has done some good movie stuff, but I get the film. Like, does she really know and really understand Star Wars? That's why I said I always think Dave Filoni should, because he worked with George for you know how many years in Clone mm-hmm. Wars, got to know it, understood yeah. it, and notice anything he does, you know, people well, like enjoy. But, but at the same time, though, Kathleen Kennedy. Has been with George for even longer. Oh, yeah, yeah. She Kathleen was on the original been, Indiana Jones movie. She was on ET. Like she was. She has been there since the beginning. Yeah, she's been with George since the beginning. She worked on Empire. Like it was. I mean, it was so far yeah. back. She goes way farther back than but Filoni. The my... thing with Dave Filoni though is you've got you know you've got with Marvel right. I know Mar- we keep comparing Marvel, but it's a great it's a great comparison. They're both owned by the same company and they're both the same kind of franchise. It's just. One's being run differently than the other. With Marvel, you've got Kevin Feige in charge of the overall thing. This is the story we're telling. You tell this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit on. And then that's our end game all the way down there. And we're going to slowly get to that. 
You need somebody like that with Star Wars, and we don't have anybody like that. And and I think Danny's right. Dave Filoni is yeah, the Filoni. man to do it. Yeah. Now yeah. here's my the Captain Kennedy with you, Mark. I'm not going to mention where we work, whatever. But I remember, But think of it this way. Yeah, Kathleen has been with George for so long, but does she understand it? So for example, maybe the person that we have in charge of our job worked with the original creator of his job, but do you really think they know how to run it like that right. person did? Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, or Dave may actually sit go, you know, I've worked on each up. I know how George would make these. I've had, you know, maybe Kathleen just sat there and said, oh, I see how he does it. I think I can do that. Yeah, but see, just being president of Lucasfilm, that's not a creative job. That's not yeah. a job that involves any creativity. Yeah. They need to hire somebody like a Kevin Feige. And now I know Kevin Feige is president of Marvel Studios. I get that. And Kathleen Kennedy is president of Lucasfilm. But Marvel Studios makes Marvel movies. Lucasfilm makes more than Star Wars. Yeah. They make Indiana Jones. They, they make all these other, you know, it's, it's more than just Star Wars. So I yeah. think they need to honestly look at Dave Filoni. And, and you know, we're going to talk about Dave Filoni here in just a minute on the next question. But he's had his live action directing debut now. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know he can do it. And I, I think he's proven himself time and time again with Clone Wars, Rebels, and not so much with Resistance. But I, I can appreciate Resistance for what it is. But mm. the man knows how to tell a story. Yeah. The way I feel about... You know, when they get George back involved, because, you know, they hear the story, you know, I hear conflicting things on my end is we're going to do something different what George wanted. And we'll bring it's like here. George is like, here, Disney, here's my baby. Hold it. And, and the baby spits up on Disney. Here, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels well, like half the see, time. Here. The other thing about George Lucas is this. The everybody talks about how they wanted to see what George Lucas's episode seven, eight, nine would have been. And now we know he came out like a year and a half ago and said what his trilogy was about. And it was, I kid you not, it was on the biotic level of the universe, literally microscopic yeah. level with metachlorians. That's, yeah, what, that's even, what the next trilogy was going to be. Yeah, because was even the Clone Wars episode, the Yoda one that was like the season finale, whatever, was even yeah. gearing towards that with the wills and all that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was going to go into the microbiotic realm, the, the quantum realm, if you will of the Star Wars universe on the microscopic level. I don't want to see that. I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. There's a reason Metachlorians have not been mentioned in the sequel trilogy. There's a reason. There's a reason they haven't been mentioned it's in like any poetry. canon material. Yeah, there's. I kid you not, out of all these books up here that I've got, the entire canon so far, Metachlorians has not been mentioned one time. Hey, hey I'm going to remember a conversation we had before. I talked to you about it on one of your podcasts. Where I asked, do you think any element of any way of time travel would be introduced? And what did Rebels do? Yeah, you're right. They did it with the world between worlds. So, yeah. you know, there are some eras that they haven't touched upon yet. And, you know, yeah. they may get to that microscopic whatever. Hey, yeah. co- completely off topic for a second. You brought up the world between worlds. Let me ask you guys your opinion on this real quick before we get to the third question. Uh, I, I, I talked about this on the podcast, oh, God, five or six episodes ago, or maybe three episodes ago. Uh, there's a theory going around, and, and maybe you guys have heard it, maybe you haven't, that at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, toward the end of it, you find out that Palpatine in this movie is actually Palpatine from like pre-Phantom Menace, like 10 years before Phantom Menace, who crossed over using the world between worlds. Or even, you know, even after Rebels, he tra- he crosses into the future to see what's going on, and he senses, this. their words, not mine, 
the most powerful force user ever, Ray, mm-hmm. and takes her back to before the Phantom Menace, and she escapes, cuts herself off from the force, goes by the name Shmi Skywalker, and gives birth to oh Anakin God. Skywalker. I've heard that name. one. You've heard I've that I've heard theory? that. I have heard that theory. What, I, look, I don't, I hate this theory. I pray to Christ this isn't real. Uh, please, please, uh, mm, God, no. I will, I will seriously be done with Star Wars if they do. Uh, if they know, end I the Skywalker saga way. But what I do you guys think of the theory? I'm thinking IG-811 is going to go back, walk up to Smee and go, Hey, I'm IG-88. Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> <laughs> she would be the Sarah Connor at that point. I don't mind, like, if... Like I've heard, I've heard with time. I have heard that theory, and yeah, I I know it's bad. I know. I I know it's like I I, I heard some I heard someone doing the whole thing about that. I'm just like, eh? yeah, no, eh? please God, yeah, no. No, because no, because then the, the theory also went on to say that uh, Ray and Kylo hook up. And that's Ray how she Lo. gets, and that's how she gets with that's I yeah I'm with Mark, and that's how she gets pregnant uh-huh. with Anakin. Sorry. And then when Anakin's born, he's actually his own great grandfather, because of the circle back around, and Ray's just in this infinite time loop over and over and over. Again. Oh, please! I, I, just, God, I, just have no. kind, I just have the old country the music galaxy. song going up my head. I'm my own grandpa. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, so. Uh, uh-huh. It's it, you oh know what God. that makes me think of. That makes me think of that Family Guy Star Wars. I'm from Alderaan. We are the Mississippi of the galaxy, <laughs> right? I just wanted your guys' <sighs> opinion on that because I, I was yeah. I, I got that mailbag I, question a while back, and I I wasn't sure how to actually handle it. I think, and this is going to cause some controversy. Uh, someone's going to hate me for it. You guys might, but it may even make people think of Last Jedi. I think the Death Star blew up and Palpatine was like Leia and flew to the nearest Star Destroyer or went he to hiding. Poppins. He married Poppins to cross space to the Star Destroyer. So, <laughs> I married Poppins, y'all. That's funny. Alright. Uh, uh, let's get on to the last question here. You guys want to talk about some Dave Filoni, we'll talk about Dave Filoni. Tyler Wendell says, uh, when are we going to get Dave Filoni to direct a live-action Star Wars film? The man bleeds Star Wars and is the heir apparent to the maker himself. The best decision Kathleen Kennedy could make right now is to give him a trilogy. Agree or disagree? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Danny, okay. you're, the, you're I, the Dave Filoni freak. What do you think? If anyone has to make a spin-off movie on it, he has to make it. Ahsoka, a Star Wars story. You could tell a story with Ahsoka and make it a trilogy and make it interesting. Yeah. Sir, he understands, sir. He's the perfect person to make a mm-hmm. live-action Ahsoka movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my only thing, my only concern is, since we're talking about someone who hasn't done a live-action, as far as we, I don't think he's done a live-action movie. He, he did the I first would, episode of Mandalorian. Right, but he hasn't done yeah, a full He hasn't done movie. a film, yeah. So I want to see, I want to see more of him on TV, live-action TV, so I can get a sense of how he does it to see, to then see, like, okay, now give him, a, give him about two or three, two or three episodes, maybe three or four episodes of The Mandalorian, you know, live action to really get his feet wet because directing animation is completely different than directing yes. live action. Yes, it is. Now, you're 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 completely different. So, get a couple of episodes in there where we can say like, okay, this is his style of directing. This is how, you know, so we can see. Then we'll start talking about a live action movie mm-hmm. for him. Now, when you say him making a when you say him making a movie, are you talking just a live action because. You say you want him not making a movie. If you just say, right, I'm like, well, he's done a movie before. 
yeah. you know, Clone Wars movie. But again, it's not animation is animation yeah. is completely different. Animation is completely different. Animation you can actually make your characters do what you want them to do with live action you have to coax it out of your actors. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they have to coax it. Yeah. Now, the question is if he does a live action, do you think I'm trying to think about it. Do you think it depends on what kind he makes because you know he's going to try and make everything sync up, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. So say he makes an Ahsoka movie and he makes it take place during the Clone Wars. And we all, to me, Anakin Skywalker, what you get in the Clone Wars and in the movie, they seem like two different people. Yeah. Yeah. How's he going to get, I mean, it'd be cool to see Hayden Christensen coming back, but how are you going to get the two syncing up? It's, I think that look, the whole, the Anakin being different in the films, that's George Lucas's fault. That's yeah. not Hayden Christensen's fault. That's George Lucas. Yeah. That, that's a directing error. If you had the right director working with Hayden Christensen, I guarantee you could get Clone Wars Anakin. Yeah, sure. yeah. You could do it. But I, I I, honestly think, I think Dave Filoni needs to be working on film. I do. I yeah. think he needs to be overseeing all of it. A trilogy? Uh, I'm not sure about a trilogy yet. Give him a standalone. I want to see what he can do. I want more original yeah. stories, though, and, and new characters. But, yeah, give it to him, man. I mean, I what's think the worst that can happen? I think if he does a trilogy, what he could do, and it could be a trilogy that takes place over a different period. Like I say, Ahsoka, I really think he should do an Ahsoka. He could do his first one of Ahsoka. What happened after Ahsoka left, you know, I'm not a Jedi no more, mm-hmm. and do a story there. Then we could do one in Rebels, you know, before she formed with the Ghost Crew. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, after Return of the Jedi, maybe we see some interaction with Luke. Yeah. You know, that's one thing, real quick, that's one thing that I think they missed an opportunity on Rebels. That season finale, or the series finale, when you see Ahsoka standing there with the staff, instead of Sabine, or who was, uh, Sabine was standing there, Ahsoka walked up, I honestly think Luke Skywalker should have been standing next to her. Had had Mm. you seen Luke Skywalker in the black clothing with his lightsaber hanging on his belt, standing next to Ahsoka with his arms crossed, just like, kind of like looking at Sabine, like they were going to go find this other Jedi? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Boom. You know, but anyway, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. No, Mark. What I, I mean, Mark. What do you think? You think Filoni's ready for a trilogy? I don't know. Like, like I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know about a trilogy, but uh, a standalone one, standalone film, and like I'm kind of. You said something there that kind of piqued my interest. Is let's give us more new characters. Mm-hmm. Let you know, like yeah, I love seeing movies about you know Ahsoka or stuff like that, but. Like, there's a reason for me why I loved Rogue One. It wasn't just because it was a good story, but it was because it gave us new characters, mm-hmm. you know, and characters that are interesting and fun, you know. And yes, they died at the end, but mm-hmm. we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But still, you know, to give us and, you know, and to give us stories and errors that we haven't really been touched on. So, like, like, we've touched on, we've hit the Clone Wars, we've hit, you know, the rebellion era, you know, all these different eras. Let's do old Republic. Mm-hmm. Let's do that period between, like, with the with the novels that they're writing, the the comics and the novels that they're writing, that between Empire and Jedi, and Jedi or between, yeah. you know, that that period, you know, um, you know, with the with the rebellion on the run. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's look at let's look at stories from different points of view. Let's look at. I'd love to see a, a movie or a series where 
the focus instead of being the focus on the fight of the rebellion against the empire let's look at it from the imperial point of view yeah you know that's one thing the canon has really done well though is humanizing the empire Mm -hmm. they've really done uh, there's they've what this new canon has actually done is taken the black and the white and focused right here like in the gray area in the middle and it's I mean, Rogue One even did it with the Rebel Alliance. She always thought the Rebel Alliance were these good guys. They couldn't do any wrong. And then you've got Cassian Andor shooting contacts in the back and, and escaping. Like, that's dark. Can, you know? Speaking of the two sides, I want your guys' thoughts on it. I heard it online. Maybe it was a source, leak, whatever. But they were saying it was a theory. What if, because, you know, isn't there somewhere in the canon or somewhere that Sidious took on all white or steer of Plagueis. I heard that somewhere. I could be wrong. That he that he what? That oh, he, he took, took on Maul as an apprentice while he was still um, with Plagueis. With apprentice to Plagueis. Oh, I don't know. I know that was in the old canon. Mm-hmm. In the old EU, but, that was because yeah. he actually in the old EU he actually killed Plagueis. Shortly after, in episode th- by episode three, in episode three, mm-hmm. in the old in the old canon, because he got him, they they were at a party. No, it was, I think it was episode one. It was episode one. They're at a party, and he got Plagueis drunk and killed him while he was drunk. Wait, 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 wait. So I haven't. I'm a canon junkie. I haven't hardly read any of the EU. Darth Plagueis died during episode one. In the episode old EU? one or two, he was he really? was alive. Yes. He was still alive because he um, plague he in the old canon he wanted a different name obviously outside of his, and he the the story goes is that they were at some at some party, and it might have even been episode three. It might have been at the same. If think it was now think about it, it was it's episode three. He didn't die until episode three. What? He was at the same at the big when he became when Palpatine became chancellor and he's talking to uh, Anakin. At the the um whatever that big oh, uh, opera house? Par- opera that's when he killed him. It was after that he went back to his apartment and Plagueis was there and they were so they were doing something. He got Plagueis basically blackout drunk and killed him. So he told Anakin about it before he did it. He told Anakin about. Oh my god. I think if I no, I'd have to. I'll have to go back and remember. But it was Plagueis was still alive during the prequels. Mm. That's at crazy. least through episode two. At See, least I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. I always well, thought the the. I always thought he had killed Plagueis before episode one. That's really interesting because I need to. I'm re, I'm working on rebuilding my EU collection, and I've yeah. almost got all of the old uh, pre Phantom Menace stuff. And Plagueis is the only. I think the only one I'm missing. But yeah. I've got all the old Republic stuff that I'm I'm trying to kind of go through again. And the only reason I'm going through it. Is to kind of find the comparisons between canon and and the EU, mm-hmm. see what they're bringing in and stuff. And by the time I read the EU, I can get to an ending point where I can be like, oh, well, yeah. read all that. So I'm trying to well, build it back up. But I didn't know that about Plagueis. That's interesting. I'm glad you said yeah. that. Well, um, I hate to say, but I am running low on battery no, power, so no I'm going to have to. No problem. Let's Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Hey, uh, <laughs> real quick before we wrap up, Mark, where can everybody find you at, bud? All right. Well, you can find me each and every week on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, where we are right now actually preparing for one of our biggest, most ambitious episodes we've ever done, our year-end show. We are going to be doing The Trial of Darth Vader. 
and we have um, hopefully um, everything works out right. We actually have a special guest that will be appearing. See Andrew Nelson, who uh, did the voice of Vader for a lot of the games, oh, and also cool. played Vader for anytime you've seen the old commercials uh, from the prequel trilogy series with Vader. That was see Andrew Nelson. Cool. Been in the Vader costume more than any other person in Luke, the official Vader costume more than any other person. And we've already done an interview with him, and he has agreed to come back and reprise his role as Darth Vader. So, uh, but you can find us, just look for on anchor.fm, look under uh, Realm of the Mist podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, War of the Stars on um, Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at John Mark Tully one because I'm, of course, the number one John Mark Tully on Twitter and on Facebook at Mark Tully. So. Right on. That, that I'm going to have to tune in for that episode because that sounds cool as shit. Uh, Danny, why don't you tell us about the podcast you're thinking about uh, launching out? I know you were talking about well, wanting to launch one. Well, first I got to say, Mark, it was really nice to meet you. It was great to hear your side of things and right. get to hear some other things. And <laughs> nice to know that you're not too far away from where I'm at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've watched Brian, your podcast, and I've heard other people talk, and, you know, I thought, you know, I might try and get into it. It's nothing too set in stone. Still trying to work out the bugs, figure it out. But I'm hoping to get one. I got an account set up on Anchor trying it. It's going to be called Daniel Plus, and what that's going to be is I'm going to be watching some Disney Plus stuff. You know, I'm going to review my thoughts on it. Mandalorian may be part of that. Some weird movies I've never seen, classic movies. I may even talk about some other nerdy things, you know, what's going on live. I'm a big Funko fan. I may talk about that collecting. One thing I want to try and do, we talked a little about on here, is storytelling. I've always wanted to sit and write a story, but, you know, I get that writer's block, whatever, where I figured, hey, on this Disney, on this podcast, I could just tell the story I want to tell. And that's what I'm hoping to bring. It'll be called Daniel Plus. When it's going to happen, I don't know, but I'm working out the bugs, and I'm glad I got you two to ask questions on how to work this podcast. And I really enjoy guest starring and talking about stuff on these podcasts, which makes me want to get onto it. And yeah, like man. Brian said before, we got a I got a Facebook group called Cinema Masters. I'm hardly on it. I've been busy, but I, when I get on there, I make sure I'm putting something good. So if you guys want to check it out, check it out. You'll see some other movie-related things on there. Fair enough. Cool. Well, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, uh, interviews, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon podcast. Richard J. and Nick Albers are doing a great job running that over there. Uh, be sure to check out the Patreon account as well if you'd like to help support the Canon podcast. If you'd like to get a question on the podcast, you can send it into Star Wars Canon Library at gmail.com. Or you can have, or if you have the Anchor app, you can uh, record a message that way and send it to me. All those links can be found in the description of this episode. So like I said, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.